This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey everybody, I am here with Jan from Consoles for You. What's up, man? Hi, Paul. So I think this is the only time in my life I've ever actually gotten your name right. But like, it's not what you call yourself sometimes. Usually I'm the worst at pronunciations, you know that. No, actually you, you have my name right the very first time you did it, which was astonishing for me because all my English friends called me Ian. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, and I grew up, uh, I was born in the early 80s, so I used to watch that show Airwolf and the lead character in America, we called him Jan Michael Vincent, but it's Jan, but we called him Jan, so Americans can't get anything right. Well, I can't. I shouldn't say that. I can't get any names right. I try real hard, though. Um, so we are here in the arcade downstairs area of Brooklyn Games and Arcade, the place that's my home away from home. So if it's a little loud or a little echoey, the subway just drove by. Um, we're here early, so that you won't probably won't have the machine noise, so... We'll have to just excuse any background noise, but I'll try to I'll try to process it as best I can. But uh, you were here visiting the states, and uh, I thought this was just a really cool place to meet up and do the interview. So absolutely, love the place. Yeah. So you um you just got here Thursday night, right? Yeah, Thursday afternoon we flew in from Sichuan. What was the plan? Was it just a vacation, or did you guys have like you know was there a business reason to come? Uh, no, uh, mainly a vacation, going on a vacation, and it was like uh, well America. Again, once uh, it's been a bit of a long time since I went to vacation due to the whole pandemic situation. So I was thinking, yeah. like, well, let's do this. And uh, I was like, well, let's go to New York. And I was like, okay, I should text Bob if he has time. Of course, mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny because my family never really traveled. We didn't really have like the money to go travel everywhere. I think we went to Florida once to visit my grandparents, and then uh, we drove to an air show once because I like airplanes a lot. That wasn't really it. But all of my friends from Europe, traveling is such a big part of their lives. And obviously part of that is because you could very easily drive internationally, you know, through some of them. Uh, you know, continental U.S. is massive. So getting out of the country is like a big deal for a lot of people here. But I always like hearing the stories of like, oh, yeah, I'm going to Germany for the weekend, you know. Gonna go to the Swiss Alps for, you know, for a week. So it's kind of cool to always hear people talk about their travels around the world. Yeah, but I think it's also like, I mean, Switzerland from one edge to the other is about 300 kilometers, about 250 miles or so. Yeah, I think I've farted longer than that. Yeah. So it's, it's not a very it's big like, country. It's like falling over. So if, if you tell that to someone from America, it's like, oh, oh, well, I, I swapped states and drove a, drove a farther distance than that. And it's like for Swiss people, if you go to Germany, it's like an hour drive. So yeah, it's nothing. That's funny. To come, I stopped uh, in Manhattan to visit friends, then I came here, and I'm going to make one more stop back. By the time I get home, I probably would have driven the length of Switzerland then. So Pretty fun. That's possible. neat. Um, so you run consoles for you. Um, so now you're a store that sells a whole bunch of different stuff, parts, mod kits, completed things. Um, you're working behind the scenes to bring new products to life. 
But when you first started, if I'm remembering correctly, you kind of just started out more in the modding side of things, right? Yeah, the, the company has settled off quite a bit. As you can see, I'm also, this is actually the brand Retroverse. Oh, it's, cool. it's actually the company name behind everything. And we're now uh, three stores. Compass for you doing still repairs and mods, a bit less than I started out. Okay. Because starting out was really just modding and repairing things. And then we have kind of a game store branch, which is classic game store, which you also link to on your page for certain products, which has a lot of more payment gateways because uh, if you do modding stuff, it's kind of difficult to work with certain payment providers. Yeah, and it's also, so for people who are in the U.S. or in countries that don't need to deal with this, please correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the reasons that you would have multiple companies that's actually the same thing is registering them in different areas because taxes would be massively different. So if some place in country A wants to buy a mod from you, if they're paying a bank in country B, they're going to spend a lot more than if they paid a bank in country A. Is that true or is that... That is true, but Europe has kind of made this a lot easier with SIPA, which is a uh, Europe. We have to, when you have a number which is internationally possible in Europe, and so you can make transactions without fee- very big fees. Okay. But that's actually the reason for the three different sub brands was, was actually just historically how it grew, how the company had started growing. Oh, okay. So that was just we. Started. But they're all your companies, right? Me and my friends were a part of 50-50 each. Okay. But he's like more in the background and I'm like more the face of the company because uh, I started consoles for you myself and especially for Twitter, I've been managing the whole account myself. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter's a rough place. You know, it's funny because when you first came on the scene, um, there are so many people in retro that have very, very similar names. And when I first started getting messages from you, the first one or two I got, I'm like, I'm not responding to this guy. This is the guy that did that. And then all of a sudden it clicked one day. I'm like, was it? It was only a day or two had gone by. So it's not like I had a grudge for years with you. It was like a day or two. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't sound like the same person. Even all of the, the things are worded different. And I went back and I went, oh, no, that was console something. It was something with console in the name. And it wasn't you at all. And I was like, ah, all right. That's why I don't publicly, <laughs> that's why I don't air my dirty laundry publicly. Because I would have felt awful if I was like, oh, this this, this guy again, screw you. Then, oh, no, it's a totally different person. Nope, not at all. But I've been working with you since pretty much, you know, very close to the beginning. I remember seeing you pop up, and I've been talking to you since, and then yeah. once you got the stuff on your website, I've been going through. So you're certainly not a newcomer. You've been here for a while. Yeah, started in 2015. I think it was about 2016 or 17 where Voltar did a retweet on me on a, hmm. based on a mod yeah. that I did. It was... I think it was Super Nintendo because of or it was a um, Mega Drive with this RGB bypass being oh, built yeah, back then, right. which I did some production built for some customers. Yeah, that's that's kinda... right. That so that was it. I saw your name come up during that conversation. I was like, oh, forget that guy. And then I, after a day goes by, I started looking, and that's when I realized you were you, a different person. <laughs> but it was also because somebody, somebody had installed Voltar's mod wrong and went online and started telling everybody that he sells bad uh, no, boards. No, that, that was actually not... Wasn't that, the same that, time? That was, that was the same time, yeah. And it originated yeah, and there was from not, my it, there customer. Was not, yeah, right. That was my customer. <laughs> he was like, no, it doesn't work. I tried to explain to him, yeah, the Pulse system has a lot more interference, which we have now 
a few years later, I actually figured out that we need those 5.6K pull-up resistors on the RGB line. Right. This was what was causing jail bars in his signal. And we were like figuring out we were trying HD retrovision cables, which made it a bit better, but couldn't filter out the jail bars completely. I I had that console that was a customer uh, not from Switzerland, so we had to send this international through oh, times. Geez. So that was why he was not very happy with it. And I think that kind of started to thing. And then I did like, a, I started modding it with shielded cables. I started pulling it with shielded cables from the, yeah. and then that guy. You mean when you lift the pin on the VDP, yeah. you shielded one to the ground. Yeah, I did it once and it didn't work. And then I handed it to Jose and I went, you know, I probably screwed it up. So you do it. And he did the same thing and it didn't work. And yeah. that's when the, I think Voltar figured out the, um, the, the five, five was it the capacitor that goes under the PV that was band? that that was fixing it for the NTSC uh, consoles, uh, oh, but not the for the old ones. So right, that was right. kind of the issue. So we first kind of had this this mod come back. I installed the capacitor, like Walter said, because I was like, "Yeah, bring it back." We figured this out in the meanwhile, so we're gonna fix this, no problem. And then again, I like set it up, but I'm like, "Oh no, the state bars are still here. What am I gonna do?" And it's just like been recently, I think it's been like a year now since we know that with the 5.6 kilo ohm resistors that needs to be pulled up from the RGB line. Yeah, there's that and there's also the color steps, the color gradients. You need to do another fix if you do the bypass, which is, it's just one of these things, right? Like, it's very easy to hear this talk and just go, why would you do any of that then? But I always liken this to classic cars. It's like, if you want to drive a classic car today, there's going to be things you have to do to make it feel like a car that you'd be safe driving. So, you know, if anything that has uh, drum brakes, you want to put disc brakes on it. So it's, you know, there are a lot of people out there that would say, why would you do that when you could lease a Hyundai for 150 Mm -hmm. bucks a month? And that's fair, but it's part of the thing. You know, if you want to just plug in your Genesis and use it as is, cool. But if you want to make it feel like a more modern console with less, you know, less interference, clearer picture, clearer audio, these are just the things that you have to do, so... And there, that's kind of where I started to come into the community. And then I started, I mean, my first product I kind of released was the Xbox 2B. Yeah, adapter, yeah. Yep. Which now is in the pro version still. And so that's on. the one that allows you to take the HD Retrovision Wii cables, or any Wii cables, but the HD Retrovision or I, the, I, or I the original rec- Nintendo I, are good. I would yeah. recommend one of those too, because I've had some, uh, now over the time, I had some experience of people like uh, writing me a message like, it doesn't look good with you with this adapter. This doesn't help. And I was like, well, what cable are you using? They were like, ah, I'm using my $2 AliExpress uh, Wii yeah. component cable. So, well, it's looking good until you plug that in. Right. Use an original one or an HD Retrovision. Those are the two I can really say they have a very yeah. good quality. The only problem with original ones is that it's used, which means if it came from... If it came from somebody that plugged their Wii into their TV, and then maybe they move, or maybe they switch TVs now and then, it's probably going to be in good condition. But if it came from somebody that takes bad care of their stuff, or even me, every time I'm done with something, I disassemble it and put it back in the box, which means I'm plugging stuff in 40, 50 times more than your average person. So are those RCA connectors worn out? Are you going to get you know signal loss? Is the, the console then cut out? So... I don't, I don't think I would recommend hunting down original Nintendo-branded cables when you can get the brand-new HD Retrovisions that are, you know, yes, they're my friends, but put them on a scope if you don't believe me. They perform equal to or better than the originals. Absolutely, so. you can really... Uh, they actually performed it better. Yeah. To, to my uh, 
I have done some scope readings on them too. Oh, really? Because, uh, yeah, I wanted to, when producing my powerless video cable, I was like, mm. where's the, so I took an HD resolution and was like, this is going to be the standard, this is where I want to get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, so that adapter is what I use in all of my Xbox comparisons. So I use the Wii HD Retrovision cables into your adapter, into the original Xbox. And then the latest one you have pulls digital audio from the pins yeah. to get spit of audio. But yeah, it's, it performs really well. So. It was an easy solution and it was kind of, I was like, well, I need to offer my customers something like a, a way to get component out of their Xbox, even though in Paul it's all for ADI if you don't mm-hmm. want yeah. them. So. Uh, but still, it was like, well, you have composite or you have uh, you have component, you have scarred RGB in PAL, but it's like almost as impossible to get the cable as the component cables for Xbox now. Back then, when I created, I remember you saying, well, but I can still get one. But in Europe, it was already one hundred dollars plus if you wanted to get an original Xbox component cable. Well, I mean, the prices in the US went up now too. So it was the timing. The timing was perfect because when your adapter came out. It, you know, it, it was about the time the prices started to go up, but the fact that it was out, people had heard about it, you know, people are comfortable using it. By the time the original cable prices went up, your adapter is already out there and proven, so that ended up working out perfectly. Yeah. So now it's already there. Especially so. since I then, I had, I mean, the original adapter, which did not do SPDIF, then mm-hmm. I had a lot of feedback and I looked into it. And the best part about it is you can grab stereo and SPDIF at the same time. Yeah, which was a very big improvement. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. So, and then um, what was the other thing that you just mentioned that came right after? The, after that was kind of the Paul uh, N64 S video cable because that was like something. I mean, let's well, be you honest. didn't just sorry to interrupt you, but you didn't just come up with that cable. You also dug deep into the research of which PAL versions didn't have S-Video, how to restore S-Video to those. Is it something that people would want to do? Uh, alongside of a different mod or instead of, because it's certainly a lot easier than doing an RGB or HDMI mod. Absolutely, so yeah. when you say you were working on these cables, don't undercut yourself. You did a lot well, more work than I, that. I need to be honest. The cable first was, um, the, I mean, the circuit was uh, public knowledge back then. Mm-hmm. And I originally I started uh, by purchasing from Japan the original S-Video Super Nintendo cables. And I opened them up because it's like the original multi-out, you can open those plugs quite easily. And I just installed a small circuit board adding that feature. Hmm. And then prices for S-Video cables went up in in Japan because I probably bought too many of them. And uh, they started to become so high that I was like, I need to take a look at a a different version. And then I was like, uh, I remember RetroAxis, they have an S-Video cable and they linked to their cable manufacturer, which is in Italy. Mm -hmm. And so I contacted these guys and they were like, yeah, we can deliver you this, this cable because I was convinced that that was a good cable. Yeah. And so I bought it, and I bought, I think, about 400 meters, mm-hmm. which was enough because every cable has two meters, which was enough for 200 cables. After that, I wanted to reorder, and they were like, no, that product was end of life. So I had to order three kilometers. Oh, jeez. So I currently have about two kilometers of cables sitting in my storage. How big is that? Is it just a giant reel? Bigger no, than at least they made, uh, they made wheels of 100 meters. So. Okay. But okay. it still stacks a bit. But yeah, so I'm, I'm set for another few. I think total is about 1,500 cables I can do with them. Okay. So yeah, that was kind of... And yeah, those cables are then came mainly for the reason because the composite on PAL and 64s is terrible. Mm. And 
it's such a huge improvement on I can only talk on power systems that if you go to S-Video and you take an RGB mod besides it, it's actually kind of difficult to find the difference if you don't look very precise. Mm. So I've actually had a lot of customers come in and say, well, we wanted to do an RGB mod, but now since we're using your cable, I think it's no longer required. And since, yeah. and since those cables allow, like with charcoal black ones and a few Fantastics, which, yeah, was a lot of research then, especially those PAL versions, which then were like super special. Yeah. Uh, with the Pikachu ones, the, the only one. Yes, yes. You know, it's funny. N64 NTSC consoles have some of the nicest looking composite video I've ever seen, both because the signal itself is very clear, but also because you could definitely tell that Nintendo used the blending of composite video to soften those weird early 3D graphics. Um, but I've never really had experience with PAL, and I, I think that you, you know, a lot of people say the same thing you did is the composite from the PAL NTS, or PAL N64s. I mean, the good. best comparison I can make, if you put a PAL N64 to an LCD with a retro tune, for example, which is good conversion and everything, but the text is just flickering the whole time. Every huh. text is flickering. And the text only gets solid if you use that video. Doesn't everything just flicker in 50 hertz? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> that, that one had to be in there, obviously. Had to, sorry. <laughs> Absolutely, no. You know, I... I I have a like a FPS purist that come to me and they're like, yeah, can you get me the NTSC because those are 10 hertz are doing everything. I'm like, okay. And last time I had the 5X hooked up to a 4K TV in the 4K experimental mode with 25 FPS. They were like, and I was like, how oh, is the image? And he goes, well, it's excellent. Is it an NTSC system or a process? And I was like, it's 25 hertz. <laughs> That's funny. And he was like looking at me and was like, you're lying. And I was like, no, let's go to the settings. <laughs> I can show you. That's funny. That's really funny. But. I was like, yeah. I mean, yeah. You can. The normal human eye sees 24 hertz as a as a movie. Uh, so right. A solid image. Me myself, I cannot see the difference between 50 and 60 hertz. But I know a few people that can tell me the difference between 240 hertz and and up in that. Yeah. It, it also depends on the content. It depends on a lot of things. But you know, I, I interviewed Arturo a while back, who. Um, who's got really deep into the frame per second thing. And he does the 480 frame per second sometimes on, on the ZSworks monitor. And he could tell immediately, like he could just walk up and tell you what mode it's in and everything. So it's kind got of a neat. lot of respect for those people. Yeah. I mean, anytime you, you really working with something on a daily basis, you really, you have a different understanding. Like there was a, a period of time in the early two thousands where I could walk by a computer and tell you what brand hard drive was in it. Just cause I worked, you know, I was in it did these things all day long, five days a week. I also was, you know, always a nerd, so I'm doing it at home too. And like, I could just tell you which one was the Seagate, which one was the Western Digital. So it just if you're you're doing it every day, you start to know. It's kind of like with Super Nintendos. There was I don't know if I can still do it, but there was certainly a while there where I could definitely tell like which model um, or the main model revisions, like one chip versus two chip, but also did that have an RGB mod or did it not? You know, which is the the model with the more interference. Like, you just look at it and, you know, you just know because you're doing it every day. So. I'm very curious what Voltar is doing here currently. Oh, with his uh, two-chip mod or three-chip? Three-chip mod. Non-one-chip. I was scolded for saying yeah. two-chip. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's a, I, I think he got the Rona. So whatever he's been working on got, got put on pause. I don't think he was doing so hot. So yeah. I check in. I checked in with him this morning to make sure he was feeling better. Okay. But I haven't heard back, so... 
Hope you're not dead, Voltar. Miss you, buddy. <laughs> no, we still need you here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Voltar has played a huge influence on my modding work and everything. I've learned pretty much everything in terms of soldering from him. Yeah. Yeah, he gets such a bad rap sometimes. Uh, I think if people saw both sides of him, they'd have a different opinion of him. But he's still a little nuts sometimes, but so am I, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's funny, though. Like, um, other than accidentally mixing your name up there's no there's no bad stories going on about consoles for you you truly are switzerland in the middle of this like beyond even a couple months ago like brokered a uh, a peace offering between two people where i got you know this is a pompous thing to say but i'm at like 99 accuracy when something goes down and i'm like that's a troll that's what happened and all the time people are you know you know did Similar to what happened in this, like, hey, I think you got this one wrong. Like, no, just wait and see. And I, I was dead wrong. Uh, I mixed somebody's name up. I mistook a fan for being for being part of the team or something. There, there was like five or six things that happened all at once at, within the same couple of days that really, like, it pointed the target. And, uh, and Jan stepped in, and, and we had, like, a little peace call, and everything worked out afterwards, of course. We're still going to call it the Geneva Convention, though, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's... <laughs> You truly are Switzerland, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for, for the patience for doing that, too. Cause no problem. That turned out to be a developer that, that I think I'm going to continue to talk to in the future. It turned out to be a cool person. So yeah. just uh, damn trolls got to me once. This is it. First first in a couple of years, at least, that uh, you fooled me. But whatever. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. It happens to the best. Yeah. So... What's, uh, what is next on your plate? Now, you have the controller adapter test kit that I believe Ronnie just wrote up on RetroRGB. Yes, he did. So would you kind of explain that in your own words? Because um, I think I get it, but I'm sure you're going to do a better job anyway. Well, yeah, it's kind of, it kind of is a test device because it was uh, I created it because we needed something like that in our store. That was the main reason I started creating this. I actually started creating this about two years ago. Mm-hmm. But then I kind of backed off from the project because I had so much stuff around my head. And now I've come back like uh, beginning of this year and started. And it's a device that allows you to test all kinds of different virtual controllers. It's a base uh, unit which you plug into an adapter, which is a DB25 connector. A base unit that does not require a computer. It just requires power. Yeah, it requires power. It has a small OLED OLED screen in it. It's It's powered by an Arduino nano unit. Cool. Uh, and yeah, which has not so much space, which I had to figure out over time. But yeah, and it's uh, kind of, you plug in the adapter, you plug in the controller, you press a button, and the uh, screen kind of tells you if the button is pressed. Mm. So if you press the A button and it doesn't show up the A button, it means the A button is not functioning. Hmm. And so uh, anybody that owns like a shop or something like that, or, uh, you know, that's that's the target market for this. Somebody that has a bunch of components, like, you know, a game store owner, um, you know, a a web game store owner, anybody that gets used controllers through, I guess the entire kits for somebody who owns a store like that, but you could also just get the receiver and like, you know, the super Nintendo model. So if you're somebody who makes custom super Nintendo controllers, you could just always have this going. That's actually, I I have one of the pre-ordered customers who does controller adapters and he was Hmm. like, Man, if that's gonna come out, it's gonna make stuff so much easier. I don't always have to set up the system. Is it have... Robert? Was that Robert that did that? Oh, you? I think it was. Yeah. The... Yeah. 
I, I haven't talked to him. We got to. I'll do a podcast with him at some point. But he just he seems like the type. Obviously, I mean that is a massive compliment. But he seems like the type of nerd that would see something like that and be like, "Ooh, this would make my life a lot easier," and jump right on it. So yeah, and I mean that's the main thing. Like if we had to test controllers currently, I mean we do a lot of it with our drives currently with those controller test programs that are around. There's a lot of uh, systems that don't have very good testing programs. Like, for example, if you want to find a Dreamcast controller testing program, mm-hmm. it's quite difficult. I haven't found one yet that has kind of satisfied all my needs. So, so now I have this, the adapter, which allows you to plug in that adapter, plug in the controller, and tells you all the values. It tells you the L and R, also the analog values behind those. And it's been kind of... Otherwise, I always had to set up the Dreamcast, find a game that uses every button and uses all the trigger values too. Hmm. So do you think that this product could eventually evolve into something? And once again, I know I know, I always do this. Every time I talk to somebody that has an amazing product, my dev nerd brain always sees the next step. So I'm not insulting your kid. I think your kid's mm-hmm. awesome. But do you think this could ever evolve into something where you take like Let's just say Super Nintendo again, where you plug the controller into this, and then you plug the other end into the Super Nintendo, and then you plug a, uh, a custom cartridge into the Super Nintendo and connect it to that so that you could do controller latency tests so that if you have a wireless Super Nintendo controller, controller adapters, is that something that, that could be done? I think it's not something that could be done in that, but uh, we talked about that uh I think a month or two ago, mm-hmm. and I had something set up for some reason. I think that Arduino was broken and was playing tricks on me because I was was reading it with the logic analyzer at the same time I was reading it with the Arduino. The logic analyzer was reading it correctly, and the Arduino was giving me low instead of high while reading the pin. Hmm. And I was like, "What's going on here?" And after two or three hours, I said, "I need to put this aside. I need to take it again if I when I really have time." That's probably going to be something else. It's going to be like taking an extension cord and putting that in and having the ability like uh, an LED that is flashing or something like that. That See, that alone that alone would be helpful because you don't have to mod every controller then. You could just put this thing in the middle and have... So, same scenario when you plug the SNES controller into this box, have the other end go into the console, and whenever you press any button, the light lights up. So then you can just hold this up in front of your TV and do the lag test that way. Because right now I have to mod each individual controller. I know, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. So, <laughs> But I guess that could also, um, I bet you uh, talk to, to Quark, because that might evolve into the Mr. Test Kit as well. Because if you could do the same thing where you make the breakout boards, um, I don't know, did you catch Lewis's video from Zez Retro on how to use that Mr. Latency Tester for the controller? No, I haven't seen that one. So he went into detail, it was a great video, but if you were able to just put that test pin instead of on the button itself, but in a, an adapter like that, that means you don't even need to open a controller to do it. So that would be pretty cool. That's obviously the thing that is going to take most of the time, opening all the controllers so if you can do it external. Yeah, and different controllers are so much harder. Like, to, to mod a third-party SNES controller for this, I mean, I could I could do this in five minutes, and I'm not really great at this stuff. I pop it apart, you know, a third-party controller. I don't ruin original controllers, but you take a drill bit, I spin it by hand, I jam the LED in, glue it in, solder the two things, back together, here you go, here's my test controller. But, you know, it just, when especially somebody like Quark that's constantly testing stuff that comes in, you know, if it's 15 minutes every time you do it, or then what if you have a PS3 controller? That's going to take forever, and you might not always be able to get to the right spot. And, you know, I know PS3 is wireless, but still, you know, it's, it's just having a having something in the middle would definitely make it easier. So, 
I mean, that's one of the things. Currently, the controller testing is supporting 20 controllers, mm-hmm. which is retro only. I mean, I, I stopped. There's like no support for any PS3 or any of the Bluetooth-based controllers. But I was, I'm already thinking for future on the same hardware base, just a new adapter that is a Bluetooth adapter, basically, hmm. that will interpret the signal and will then also help translate. But currently, I, I'm always saying like PS3 controllers, you can test them on a computer very easy. You know what might you know what might actually be neat is something a blue retro like adapter so you know the protocols are already out there mm-hmm. but USB so that you could use the mister to test it and all you're essentially doing is tapping the pin on it. Well, yeah, you would still need a uh, you would still need a button push. So yeah, I take that back. Never mind. That's what I get for thinking out loud when I'm uh, cameras <laughs> on. But you know, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like stuff like that though. I, I like I can't tell you how many times in my life I've been in a meeting. And I, I come up with the dumbest idea. And everybody kind of sighs, like, all right. Actually, that's not going to work. But what about this? And, like, <laughs> the dumb ideas bring out good ones. So I never mind looking silly for that stuff. A lot of good good stuff have come out of my dumb ideas. So, <laughs> um, so what's next after the controller tester? Were you working on anything else? Yeah. I mean, there was an open source project, uh, the analog to HDMI. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so... When you say analog to HDMI, you're specifically talking about component video or VGA, right? Yeah, we're talking about component video and VGA. It's kind of the thing we there is already out there. I mean, it's those we all remember those cheap V to HDMI converters. Yes, yes. And apparently, which I figured out just recently, there's a, this chip company actually actually does better versions of these chips that are way more usable. Yeah. And uh, there's a guy that has made a breakout port with HDMI port and uh, with the help of ManCloud and one mm-hmm. of the open source developers we have now created out of the open source we have, we have created a version that has a bit more features mm. that will then uh, enable us to kind of produce this and it's like you don't have to play the lottery game anymore when you go to Amazon and buy yeah. a cheap Component to HDMI conversion, or also VGA to HDMI. I mean, just for yeah. the for the TBS control, it's yeah. like I wanted to build some of those, and I bought those VGA to HDMI converter. I didn't get an image anywhere, and it was like, wait for two hours. I'm like, what did I sell wrong? Went back, watched World Tour's video again. <laughs> was like, I did everything right until I decided to plug in a uh, VGA monitor, and everything was fine. It was just that converted. I did not want to take that resolution. Yeah, so all of those, the Wii to HDMI, the PS2 to HDMI, which I feel like I still have one laying around that I never tested, but all the ones that I... Like, Steve from HD Retrovision did really extensive tests on this. I think he bought an insane amount, and he determined the one chip that was good, and he contacted that company, and he's like, hey, can I just order, you know, this one chip? And they're like, I mean, it's kind of out of stock and not really something we were planning on making, um, we could probably do a hundred thousand. No, no, never mind. That's a lot of. I mean, people. A lot of people don't understand that the reason you get some of these cheap DACs for twenty dollars on Amazon is because they make them in quantities of, you know, fifty thousand a month consistently. I believe. So yeah. I mean, so, the VHMI you find them for three dollars or so. Yeah. But, and then you're like, oh well, the connector costs me more on this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, having a DAC that you, uh, ADC, sorry, yeah. an ADC that you could rely on 
is, is really important for a lot of people because I just I know especially developers, but I just also know a lot of busy adults that are like I don't I don't have time to buy four adapters and return the ones that don't work. Like I just want to do this. Just give me something that I can spend my money on that'll work right. So having something that'll that'll handle that is good and. How does that handle the black levels, right? It's whatever is in, it puts out. Yeah, it's, it's really pass-through. It's, but I've had some, I've been, I haven't been testing it too much yet. I still kind of want to get the hardware together first and want to make sure now we're on the way and we have all the trip, like also the PCB layout finished so I can measure if there is any interreference in the PCB layout. Yeah. And not like test the first version and be like, yeah, everything is fine. Make changes to the PCB, sell the product and like, oh, which is messed up here. Yeah, so. but I mean, we're in a really hard spot nowadays. I was just talking to Oleg yesterday about this, the person who designed the custom Nomad board, mm-hmm. uh, about how a couple of years ago, if you wanted to design a product, you, you, you make a prototype and you test it, and then you go, okay, you know, maybe I could make a little better, and you order a second one, and then you're like, okay, that's good. Here's the bomb, uh, you know, here's the design, let's go make them. And nowadays, you have to first see what parts are going to be available then see if they're any good, then see how you could tweak those parts to make sure that it does what you're looking to do, and then double check that they're still in stock. And if they're not, maybe buy them, at, you know, maybe you have to buy them first to guarantee that you could even make it. I actually so. did that. Parts are already all in stock, more or less. Good, yeah. But just missing the main chip, uh, but all the all the ports, because the ports are also not easy to get. Uh, finding colored components, uh, AVH, yeah, and those are some of the most expensive parts too. Like when I was doing the, um, forgot one. I think it was the comp cleaner or something. The most expensive part on that board was the three RCA connectors, and that was before the part shortage. Those have skyrocketed down. It's mainly for me. It was uh, finding a, a blue and a green one. Really? Yeah, I wasn't able to find those two colors. I mean, uh, red, uh, white, and yellow. Those are kind of standard. You can find them everywhere in the net, but. Uh, hmm. That's funny. That's because it's just kind of not no longer the standard video. I mean, that was. I mean, I guess you could make the three D printed case so that around the area you you could have like all black connectors or something, and all around the area you have the colors. So, if if that was really the bottleneck, you can get around it. But yeah, that stinks. No, but that was a kind of the same spot of scar connectors. Those have have surfaced recently. There Mm -hmm. was a time I remember I wanted to do my own scar cables for some time because I was like. kind of not happy with what was around and I also wanted to do some own brands and then I was like searching for SCART connectors and I was like oh there's none yeah the fact that they're resurfacing my guess just a guess is that some factory somewhere as the part shortage is happening and as they're pulling pallet upon pallet of stuff to try to sell whatever they can found a pallet of you know a hundred thousand scar connectors like hey where'd those come from and now they're back on the market it's just a guess but that definitely happens that, in warehouses but there's like a huge variety of connectors also surfacing which i have never seen i mean especially like for the female connect also pcb female connectors tonight 90 degree 180 degrees pcb smt mount kind of which was really kind of not findable when i was looking for stuff like it hmm. so maybe they just uh, maybe someone spun up on mold and now everyone is copying again. You know, the unfortunate truth is what probably happened is somebody contacted a company out there to make a small quantity, and that company just started to search and went, hey, I bet you, 
you know, I, I bet you these things could be made. And hey, don't we? What about that company Bitfunks? They do retro, and you know, uh, we'll sell you the stolen design if you, you know, uh, that's, you know, that sucks. But I guarantee you, if you if you really dug in and you know did some detective work, there'd be a clone company in there. But I mean, that's the other side of it, right? What if that happened, and now one poor developer is screwed out of their their angled scart design, but now we could all get them all around the world again? So yeah. It's, that- that's kind of a shame. It's, by the way, also the reason why uh, the analog to HDMI will not be open source for the moment. Oh, just so it's not cloned because right away? It, it, it was a, it was a, it, it's an original open source. And I have gotten some people telling me, like, why aren't you closed sourcing this now, even though you're basing it off a community project? And so, like, well, if we were not in this time right now, I'd probably do it open source. But it's like, if I open source it now, the, the chance that certain cloning companies have it sell it before I have it in stock but it's more importantly no offense more, more importantly than that not just that you might lose all the money and time that you put into this but as you were just explaining you have this prototype revision you need to do some more testing and you might find a tweak or two and if you were just constantly uploading to your github like hey here's the new revision don't make them yet unless you're a tester and the notorious clone company just made 10,000 of those and you found a problem now you're flooding the market with garbage mm-hmm. and now you're getting the support calls because it looks just like yours because they cloned it so yeah it's unfortunate but no it's a shame it's really it really is a shame yeah. but anybody that has a problem with you not open sourcing right away either is just a troll or they're the clone company I've seen that before I, I, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to talk about that yet, but I did catch a clone company in the midst of trying to steal something a couple of times, but one pretty bad one. And Or it's just, you know, people that don't understand what these things are. So mo- I guarantee the people that are complaining wouldn't actually have really made their own. They're just looking for something to complain about. It's not like you stole something no. and then you're keeping it closed. This is, a, you know, you're working on it. Once it's out, once you're ready to sell it, you're going to release the files. I just... I can't, I can't imagine anything more fair. I'm not planning on releasing them. Quite. I need to make, re, make a return on investment in Nandai and store, but I'm looking that, depending on the situation, was, uh, demanding, depending also how, how, how the whole uh, demand is. If the demand yeah. is very high, then I will fulfill a part of this demand. But it's kind of, you know, you could think, well, make it non-commercial, for example. Make it an open-source non-commercial license. But the problem is, Owners are not going to care about that. No, not at all. And my even bigger problem is the customers of the clones are not going to care about that it was a ripoff. I mean, yeah. I see that so many times. I get so many support requests from people like a very good example. I have Australian customers because they're PAL too. They get my cables. Mm-hmm. And then I get like, it's, well, it's not working. I'm like, yeah, can you show me pictures of the setup? And then I see a retroscaler 2X. Uh, with my scart, with my cable on it, right. I'm like, well, um, take the red thing, throw it out, get a tink, and your setup will work. Yeah, yeah. It's just people don't really. I, I, it drives me so crazy. We're like consumers don't really care. They're going to buy the cheaper one. Well, then shut up when it breaks because that's exactly what you did. Not only did you steal from the developer that made it, but at the same time, you've got an uh, inferior product, and maybe it'll work, maybe it won't, but. That's why you really shouldn't buy clones. So that was like the best thing I've seen in the last week. I was searching around and I came about around the review of, of this retroscale 2x. It was like I reviewed the retro thing and the retroscale 2x and the retroscale 2x was way better. I'm like, oh, hang I on a sec. 
So, that's not possible. No, but I mean, but that's just, that's always going to be around, mm-hmm. right? That, I mean, we all know the infamous YouTuber that holds things up and tells you that it doesn't feel like there's lag in any, in any, like, that's what you deal with. Like, there, I saw a review of a AV receiver the other day with mm-hmm. a guy that, like, you know, he's in good shape and his shirt fit perfect and his lighting was perfect and he's got, like, a $100,000 set up in his room. And I'm like, well, he looks the part, but... Is he just, is he an actor, acne, or does he actually know what he's talking about? And then he starts saying some audio specs, and I'm like, I'm not an audiophile, but I'm pretty sure he did that wrong. And then he, he points to the back of it. He's like, yeah, and there's composite video jack, so if you want to play your old consoles through this, this is the perfect device. And I'm like, that's got like 10 frames of lag. That's meant for deinterlacing VCRs, not playing video games. So a lot of these reviewers are just so full of shit, and there's nothing anybody could do about it. So, yeah. I mean, it sucks. But what are you going to do? Start, you know, become the, the review police and everything? No, and just, can't do that. You can't do that either. But it, it's frustrating, especially when, you, when you're in the scene and you know the people that really work their butts off to do a very good review to make sure that something is thoroughly tested to the best of their ability. And if they may mis- make mistakes, it's okay because you know how much they tried and they actually know what they're doing. And, and then, you, you know, you, you see the flappy-headed Yugoover just, hi, this doesn't feel like there's any lag in it. It's great. The company paid me to, to talk about it, so it's got to be good, right? Like, ugh, yeah. Frustrating. Oh, but that's... Just uh, checking time to make sure because I know the store started to open up where I can hear people walk around, so it can't be too long of an interview today, but... Uh, Otherwise, we'll have some additional people that we will be interviewed. <laughs> uh, I mean, it would be fun to come down here. I, I think I've shown many clips of this place when it is jam-packed. They got the KOF crew on these machines here. There's so many other stuff here. There's BVMs and PVMs sitting, you know, for your use in an arcade down here. You can't get any better than this, but it gets very loud, so that's the only thing, you know? Yeah, can't record that, usually. Yeah, no, I mean, it can't record it, but it's awesome. Good energy. And the upstairs, that, that's kind of new, all of the machines up there. Mm-hmm. So we gotta, we gotta both do, like, a walkthrough with our cameras or something to show people. This place is really blown up. I love it. I love to see it. So, there, there's even, I don't even really know what that machine is. This one? Yeah. The one? That's yeah. a written game. I know that from Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a rhythm game, and you kind of play on the on those those sixteen. Those are sixteen buttons. Oh, so it's like Simon Says, yeah. but like it's square. But all right, that's cool. It's very difficult. I can imagine. It, it, it gets to very high speeds, and I remember in Japan standing behind the guy, and he was like just moving his hands at light speed, and I was like, okay, I'm not that's even going to try it. Because I'm terribly at rhythm games. We could get Beast down here to play it. He's really good at those. I am not. Uh, I'm shocked I could play guitar. Like I don't, I don't have the coordination to do that, but yet I can somehow play guitar. It's weird, but whatever. No, but that one is actually. I'm very curious if they hack that one because otherwise you might not even be able to play. You have to hack those so they can get into that network. If it's here, it's because one of the awesome people here knows exactly what they're doing with it. That's uh, that's for sure. So. Because, I mean, they have, they have the Naomi boot over there as well, and Beast and Jose rebuilt that one for a while, so there's, there's good stuff here. They get the um, Vertical Astro City, that's Beast's as well. I like that one a lot. I would love that one. I keep trying to get him to sell it to me, and he's like, that was my perfect Tate gap, never going anywhere. So, yeah, fine. But I like that one a lot. It's got a bunch of cool stuff here. Yeah. I was quite surprised to find that one here. That's a cute 
RJ. Yeah. Maybe you have to post a picture later, otherwise people will be like, what are they talking about? All right. So what's next for you? You're going to finish up your trip here, um, heading back. You have the products that you're working on. Anything else in the upcoming months or something? Or is it just really the the analog to HDMI is going to be your next big thing? Yeah, I'm working on this other small side project, but I'm not ready yet to talk about it because then it's also because of chip shortage. Oh, that's the thing that we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, sorry, everybody. Well, this is not one of those, like, I know something you don't know. This is because we don't want to get the hype up and then people get excited and then you find out you can't make it for a year and a half because no. there's no chips. No, it's, so, it's terrible. I have, yeah. I have parts for 40 pieces. Uh, I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? And uh, now I even have the bad news that it seems like it's currently end of life. And so I'm uh, trying to figure and trying to talk to people, but it's... Yeah, it's pretty terrible. It's maybe well, going to come out. I'm going to maybe shadow drop it, to be very honest. The thing, and maybe going to hope yeah. that there's... That's a bit... Uh, it's a shame, because it would be a cool thing to talk about. Yeah, I mean, we'll just have to do a follow-up when that comes out, but mm-hmm. it sucks. There, I know quite a few products that are that are shadow-dropped like that, and occasionally people will pick up on it and be like, hey, Bob, how come you're not talking about this? And it's like, because there's only seven in the world right now. That's why. You can't... If you happen to find this chip yourself, you might be able to make one. You know, good luck. You know, see what happens, so... No, the, uh, it's kind of it's also not satisfying for to produce these kits. I mean, I yeah. just not. I, I spun the PC fab was the last thing I did before going on vacation. I told them to produce the kits, but I'm like, maybe I can find some. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. I mean, and, and this is. I know I don't really need to say this, but this is affecting absolutely everybody. The consumers that like have a solution to a problem can't buy it. The people who are the the sales people can't sell it to make their money. You know, the reviewers don't have something to review. The chip makers don't have chips to sell. Like, this this sucks for it. everybody. I mean, it's like one of the worst things for me personally is currently that the retroting 2X Mini is no longer available to do the same reason. Yeah. This was kind of my getting people into yeah. better quality. So now I do still have some 2X Pros, mm-hmm. which uh, they are a price step higher up, obviously. Yeah. So I really kind of hope to jump into the gap with the analog to HDMI converted here. Yeah, that, that stinks. Even the um, the multi format, the two XM, I yeah. found uh, this is it wouldn't be like a oh my god everybody needs one, but I found a couple more uses for that that I really like, and I just don't really talk about it because I don't want to hype something up that can't be made anymore because there's no parts to make them. But and once again, this is not like a game changer for everybody but if you're weird like me and you have a bunch of insane equipment you could use it to do a bunch of things so i mean we have to 5x now so the before the yeah. 5x it was it was a huge loss that the 2xm was no longer well yeah but 5x is better in every way and that's not an insult to mike he'd say it too it's an awesome product i'm sure he'd be proud to say that so <laughs> i'm already waiting for the next one <laughs> the 4k one looks awesome yeah yeah i'm always pumped with the stuff mike's working on so Hopefully, yeah, we'll see what comes next, but a bunch of cool stuff. So. I'm always texting Mike, like, hey, if you need someone to test the prototype. <laughs> That's funny. You, yeah. remember, you remember that live stream you did with Mike where I asked for a friend? Oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, those are good. I got to do another one of those with him whenever it comes out, too, just to kind of hype it up and show what's going on with it, because that was neat. 
And, you know, it's always that gamble too, right? Do you, I think when it's something like what Mike's been doing, that no one else has really been doing it quite like that. I know the Morph is coming out. I bet you that's going to be awesome too. And obviously the OSSC Pro was put on hold, but that was coming out. But Mike was kind of approaching it a little bit different. So I think with the 4X, you know, doing a live stream once the prototype gets workable might be fun because the clone companies have nothing to clone. You know, it's there, it hasn't left his lab yet. Yeah. So it's one of those, you know, I'm sure if if the, the guy who runs Bitfunks, which is one guy, actually, one person steals all those things, I'm sure if he's sitting there like, ooh, all you can do is print out a case that looks just like it, and, you know, and that's yeah. it, so. Uh, yeah, I know if you follow us. Yeah. You. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> Are you comfortable talking about any of that, or would you rather just skip over mm-hmm. that one? That's always a very special subject because I, I'm, I feel comfortable. I don't have any regrets because I did actually work at Bitfunks at a certain time. Well, I mean, why don't you tell the story then? Uh, was uh, in the beginning of Bitfunks where he this was uh, the part where he really started and he kind of produced he started producing open source stuff, but which was totally legit to be produced and also uh, OSSCs he started producing before the time where he like linked the support requests already to the next people. I worked with him and he, he seemed like a decent guy and uh, I had some of his products which were not of bad quality one has to be honest about that some were pretty good especially the the more basic boards he makes yeah, all seems to be pretty good and I mean uh, I um, if you remember the OSSC colored cases yeah I had them from him mm-hmm. back then he was selling colored OSSC and I was like I only want the cases and uh, he was like no that's not going to sell but you can have some didn't take two weeks after I published them that he had them in stock, obviously. Yeah. That was just the way it worked. That was okay. And then he did the Dream PSU. Don't you love that attitude, by the way? I'm stealing, but I know what's better. And then you prove them wrong, and it's like, all right, I'm going to sell it too then. Like, uh, That's just, uh, no, I, I've stopped. Uh, right. I really stopped yeah, being bothered by that. But yeah, then uh, I kind of gave him the idea to do the Dream PSU after he did the DCHDMI, which was, to be honest, easier available from him for a long time but that one had a huge problem you had to remove all the uh, I think ESP chips on it and replace them with tenuins. I had some of his kits I had to re- re- redo all of them I had to reprogram yeah. them and everything so now that- that's power so that's dangerous now you could if dangerous not that you're going to light your house on fire but dangerous that if you send the wrong power to your consoles, you're definitely going to kill it faster than the right. Hang on, I'm talking about the DC Digital right now. I thought you said Dream PSU. Yeah, that was, I I told him to do that. He actually did that. This was also a good design that this kind of failed because the guy producing them was tricked over by some, but I want to make it very clear that Bitfunks did not steal the ones that were made by the other guy. You need to take him, for once I have to kind of say that he did because that was in the times where he actually also cared about what what should be done and then there was like Kaiko which was getting the products before I was getting them that was kind of the insight I had into that and it was kind of in between it um, then he was like telling me he's now working on cloning a closed source thing and I was like telling him um, dude well there's only like one or two things you should really do closed source it's acceptable if you clone a closed source thing that has been out of out of production forever and the producer has been white room reverse engineering yeah then it's kind of totally different we can kind of talk about it being an okay thing still a very questionable thing but I was like dude just be careful what you're doing here if you burn your finger with the community in that and then I think we didn't have contact for quite some time and then I see 
that Keiko reviewed from Voltard, where Keiko was like, oh, well, you reviewed our OSSC, you gave it a good feedback. Here, review the RetroTing 2X in a new name. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, well, I'm going to end my cooperation right here and right now. I did not even text him that. I was just like, no, I'm not going to do any business anymore. And I think he really got it really fast because he didn't even text me. It was because I put a statement out and I said, I'm not supporting this in any way. This is not something, this is not a kind of a clone. This is, yeah. and I cannot work with a person doing that. And so the, the only thing that we have going for us here, we as a retro gaming community, is that because this is one person, it might actually be something that we could do something about. Or if it's just, and I know he has like four company names, some in Chinese, some in English, but that you might actually be able to do something about that. Whereas if it really was just a group of people operating as different names, it's almost impossible to do anything outside of China. But, but I'm not sure if it's still only one person because he's going quite a bit. Well, I mean, you obviously would have to hire staff at some point, but if he's still the main person making all of these things and stealing all of these things, it's, you know, it's, I don't know. The, the point is just, he's not stealing 100%, let's be honest about it. Right. But the bad thing is he's just using the money he does with open source stuff that he is legit able to, to produce and uses that to steal closed source stuff. And this is kind of what yeah. gives me a bad stomach in buying anything it is. Because I said, exactly. every dollar I give him might be used again to maybe even copy one of my products in a later right. stage. So I cannot support him even in the stuff that would be legitly available from him where he can say, well, it's open source. He can do the OSSC. It's an open license. As long as he does his own manuals, he does not redirect support questions. That's everything okay. But... At the point where he started doing closed source stuff, it was for me like, well, now he uses the cash he does with open source thing to clone more closed source. Exactly. Exactly. And that's the point where I can't support it. And that's why anytime you know, these people start trolling me, they're like, that's not a clone company. They only made one clone thing. Like, that's the dumbest thing you could say. And that's why I've been talking a lot about Retrobit, because the fact that they didn't acknowledge any of that, they didn't respond to it, they didn't admit it, is very worrying. Because now... Are you going to buy that USB controller from Retrobit that's got only one millisecond of lag, that's very comfortable, that worked really well for me, knowing that they could take the money and then turn around and say, hey, Bitfunks, make us more of that cable. All right, well, the cable isn't necessarily open source, or and it's not necessarily stolen. Some of the stuff on there looks like it was cloned, even though GC Video is open source. So you could argue that Retrobit isn't at fault because they didn't clone it, and you could argue that the Bitfunks cable isn't really cloned because it originates from open source, but you can't argue that when Retrobit sends Bitfunks money, part of that money is going to steal something that you make, that you make, that I make, whatever yeah, else. Absolutely. I don't actually make anything. I'm just, And no one seems to understand that except people who make these things. Those the only ones that have always consistently got it because... It's not, you don't need to be a genius to see the dominoes fall, where the more money Bitfunks make, and the more money Keiko makes, the more they're going to steal. And Keiko just took out a couple of business loans for hundreds of thousands of euros to, to, to grow their business. So how much of that is going to steal from people? So it's kind of a, an interesting one to see. And uh, th there's been scheduling issues. I really want to do a follow-up to the clone conversation, and maybe I'll ask a lawyer to jump on with me. because That would be excellent. I'm really sick of I'm really sick of getting information from lawyers, telling people and having people be like, fuck you, you're not a lawyer. Like, mm -hmm. 
all right, fine. I'm just going to get the lawyer on. Mm-hmm. Troll him, not me. I'm on it, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> He's going to tell you where it is. <laughs> yeah. But. No, but it's a shame. It's a shame that, that it had to go that way because he could have become a very good open source kit producer, which yeah. could have done at a decent cost. Made open he could have been a hero retro gaming. Absolutely. With his contacts, his ability to, when he chooses to, make a quality product, he doesn't always, mm-hmm. he could have been an absolute hero. And not only that, you know, he could have just contacted people make make one friend that's fluent in many languages and have them be your you know be your contact and just say hey you know hey voltar i see you're making these things um you're selling them for a lot i bet you you're paying a lot why don't we just partner up i'll you know i'll give it to you at cost so you could resell and just allow me to be the seller here and you take us i'll take asia you know we'll give it to jan for europe or something and you know he he absolutely could have made the same, if not more, money while everybody loved him at the same time, Absolutely. and he chose to do this, chose to steal. So, yeah. Well, you know, I hate to always bring these conversations down with clone talk, but if we don't do it, who's going to do it? No, so, no but yeah. I'm, I'm very, you know, I kind of started to make, uh, especially in Switzerland, since Switzerland is quite kind of small part, I'm doing kind of a lot of work into making people aware of that there are clones out that it's not ethical in that terms to support it in my also my opinion and um, I've been also uh, talking to competitors in my field in terms of look if you start selling clones I'm going to call you out and I have no problem with doing that yeah if you need good products come to me I'll be I'll make you uh, give you the possibility to be able to buy those good products yeah but you know my competition uh, currently sells the AV2 HDMI that's the best thing on the market you need you yeah. need to that's something you will never be able to understand but you need to that there we in Switzerland the people are selling those AV2 HDMI adapters for $80 oh and people are buying them but I mean you get a store like this right you go up there and they have those for cheap whatever yeah. about Amazon have them and if you go to buy one of those, any of the people that work here, especially Andy, Andy loves this shit as much mm-hmm. as we do, but we'll, we'll tell you, like, hey, this will work, but this is not the best solution. So what are you using this for? Are you having a party so one day your friends come over and you play some video games for a couple hours and you're never going to use it again? That's the perfect device. But are you actually going to be playing? Is this something like, are you playing these games for the first time? Are you reliving your childhood? Do you want to get into fighting games of older generations? You know, here's your alternatives. Free CRT off the side of the road. Free. You know, or, you know, which is getting harder to find, but still, you know, or maybe step up to this or maybe look into that. Like, there's nothing wrong with selling those. The only thing wrong with it is trying to present it as an awesome solution. So. I mean, I have them in my store, too. You need to be honest about that. Yeah. But mainly as the conversation started, like you say. And even online, I listen, this is not the device you want to purchase. Yeah. Take a look at this. Yeah. But it's just I kind of have to have them in my store just so people like uh, see it and then from them get to know, oh, there are different versions. Because I still have a lot of customers coming in like, well, that's the only version. What, I, I don't want to buy a, a huge CRT. I'm like, no, that's by far not the only version. Thing it, that's also a perfect answer, though. I don't have the room for a CRT. I don't have 300 bucks to spend on a RetroTing 5X. Uh, so... This is it. And, okay, as long as you understand that there are better options. So if you don't like what you're doing, just understand that it could be this box. 
come back and we'll help. Like, it's totally fine. It's, it's only when people pass it off as a, feels like there's no lag in here. Totally worth $80. Like, yeah, that's the, that's the most insane thing. I, I was like selling them and, and I had customers coming by to my store with this device and they were like, oh, you only want 30 bucks right now. I was like, why are you saying something like that? I just paid 85 bucks uh, at this place for me. And I was like, you paid how much? That's horrible. And yeah, that's like, I mean, Swiss prices are high. We need to be honest about that. Yeah. We are quite a high cost country. We have, we have a bit higher earnings, but everything else is high, so it kind of balances. And, but still 85. I mean, that's I, I sell the Tink Mini at that price. Right? Yeah, so that's like, wow. Well, I think we got to wrap it up. I could hear uh, people yeah. gathering upstairs. I think there's a tournament tonight, too. But thank you very much for, for taking the time to do this. It was awesome to finally meet you in person. You're a lot taller than you seem online. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you all for watching. I will obviously put links to all of your stores and your social media and everything in there. And uh, we're definitely going to do a follow-up whenever your next products are out. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. sure. All right, take care, everybody. Bye.